Welcome to day 19 of the story that changes everything. Our readings for today are Exodus chapters 4 through 6. These chapters narrate how challenging the liberating of God's people will be. Here are some thoughts to guide your reading for today. When we last left Moses, he was standing before the burning bush, giving God his excuses for why he can't go back to Egypt. Chapter 4 opens with excuse number 3. Moses asks, what if the people simply don't believe that God has spoken to him? Here God responds with the first miraculous sign, other than a non-consumed burning bush. The staff of Moses turns into a snake and then back into a staff again. Now, there's a great deal of ancient symbolism connected to serpents or snakes. You may notice in statues of Pharaoh that Pharaoh is often wearing a snake on his head. That significance is likely twofold. The serpent has an ability to strike quickly, and that's a reminder that Pharaoh has control over death. He can take away life in a flash simply at his will. But secondly, and not to get too Freudian about it, but the serpent is also a symbol of male fertility. So it's a symbol of fertility. Pharaoh has the power to take life away, but he also has the power to make life flourish, especially with economic prosperity. So with this first sign, God demonstrates that this power of life and death is not held by Pharaoh, but it's held squarely in God's hand and in the hand now of God's servant. The second sign, Moses' momentary skin disease, is a further sign of God's control over life and death. Skin diseases in the Bible are often viewed as punishments for human pride or hubris. The third sign, the Nile turning into blood, that one will have to wait until Moses gets back to Egypt. But there are clear overtones in this future sign of retribution for the earlier violence Pharaoh committed against the male infants of Israel. Moses gives a fourth excuse. He's slow of speech and tongue, although some interpreters have taken this to mean that perhaps Moses had a speech impediment. It's more likely that after 40 years in the wilderness, Moses has largely lost his ability to communicate in either Hebrew or Egyptian. God asks a very direct question and response. Who, Moses, has the ability to give speech? All out of excuses, Moses tells God to please just send someone else. God's anger flashes for a moment, but God offers a compromise. Perhaps Aaron can go as Moses' translator and mouthpiece. There are two interesting new pieces that emerge from God's brief description of what will happen when Moses goes to Egypt. First, God makes mention of Pharaoh's stubborn heart. Now, much has been made across the centuries of God's hardening of Pharaoh's heart. It seems to me that this unnamed Pharaoh simply operates as the prototype for empire, and all empires, and thus all pharaohs, are eventually the same. However we think about pharaoh's free will or lack of free will, what is clear is that God is going to use pharaoh as a prototype to demonstrate how God responds to the persistent injustice present in the systemic sin of every empire throughout history. Secondly, the text describes Israel as God's firstborn son. It's an interesting image that will be repeated elsewhere in the Old Testament. In Exodus, Pharaoh has no right over God's firstborn, Israel, and thus God will demonstrate that God has authority over Pharaoh's firstborn instead. 
An odd and brief narrative is inserted into the story about circumcision. Most scholars think at the center of the story was Moses' failure to circumcise his sons, and so Zipporah, awkwardly, saves the day. Aaron unites with Moses. They tell the people what God has said, and the chapter ends with the affirmation that the people believe, great, this is going to be easy. Oh, uh, wait a minute. I take that back. Chapter 5, unsurprisingly, opens with Pharaoh not being very compliant to Moses and Aaron's request to let the Hebrew people go so that they can worship Yahweh. I think it's very important in these chapters that we not over-spiritualize these narratives. These are clearly stories that call into question exploitive economic and national policies. At the end of the day, Pharaoh just doesn't want to let his cheap labor go. He does what evil systems do to those they exploit. He calls them lazy over and over again. He tries to discourage them and gets them to give up on their calls for justice by making their workload even heavier. And when that doesn't always work, he resorts then to violence. This causes the people to turn on their leaders, Moses and Aaron. If only these two would have left well enough alone. I couldn't help but read this chapter and think about the challenges faced by the American abolitionist and later the civil rights leaders in our own context. Those who didn't want racist systems to change just simply increased their oppression and resorted to acts of terror to try and force people to maintain the status quo of injustice. It is amazing, after frequent beatings, harassments, and even assassinations, that people persevered in trying to change the world and create freedom. Moses considered giving up and complains to God, Liberation, no matter what era it is taking place in and what empire it is up against, it doesn't come easy. As chapter 6 opens, God affirms his promise to the people. Only this time, in the midst of the exploitation and exhaustion, they really just have no ability to believe. A genealogy of Aaron and Moses is then inserted into the narrative. The genealogy here is likely meant to root these two brothers as connected to the tribe of Levi. Moses' lineage may give him some priestly credibility, but the chapter ends with Moses reminding God that his difficulties in speech don't give him much authority to draw from. Liberation never comes without suffering. That's where these texts invite us to spend some time today. So read these scriptures carefully, looking for things you've never seen before. Listen to what the Spirit might say to you through the scripture today. Journal some of your reflections, questions, and prayers. And be thankful for the freedom you have in Christ Jesus today. And keep the story going with readings for tomorrow from Exodus chapter 7 through 9. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow.